You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Feels like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. <laughs> wow. Thanks for that, Bill. Uh, for what? Well, for actually giving a real answer to a question. Stand up and proudly say, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God That is a thick groove. Ah, fuck. <laughs> uh, just gotta don't... figure out how to make my music player stop after one song and not automatically go into the next thing. It's all the little things. It's uh, all the little things. So much to think about. Uh, it dawned on me we were listening to that, and I was started thinking. I was just like, "Oh, he stumped me again." And I'm like, "I think I said that like the last three or four podcasts." And then uh-huh. it entered my brain. I'm like. Didn't you specifically request that you played more obscure music? Yes, you did. Okay, so, so who was that? <laughs> yeah. That was Lyrics Born, uh, huh. Bay Area rapper. All right. Uh, kind of in that um, early 2000s underground mode that Jurassic 5 right, right. and uh, some, you know, some bands became popular out of, but that kind of like conscious hip hop, mm-hmm. not super violent or mm-hmm. you know, not your typical thing but um i like that song it's a good intro song he says the the chorus says don't worry about the president he can't stop us now let's get like this that. thing started right here right now so uh i got something else for you okay you're gonna like this okay i'm bummed that our buddy paulie is not here yes. to see this too because um i got two videos that uh i think you both would have Appreciate it. Okay. First up, not that. <clears throat> I saw that. That hockey jacket. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has. There's an area called First up. Blood Mountain. The pilots know where to drop our load. And then we just go and get it. Where's the duffel? No, 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 no don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on it. The bear. It did cocaine. Cocaine bear. A bear did cocaine. Can someone do something? What is that? This looks very uh, What's wrong with that bear? 
such good luck in nature. <laughs> it's very uh, snakes on a plane-ish. It does, doesn't it? Yes. It looks good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let me say, rephrase that. It looks entertaining as fuck. I would say that. I watched a longer uh, preview trailer, uh-huh. and that bear is just straight murdering people throughout really? that movie. It looks like almost everyone in the movie probably dies from that bear. Hmm. Based on actual events. Really? Yes. That's what they say. Okay. Yeah. Is that what they say? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's hard to make that claim without it uh, being true. Can you prove it? Yeah. I mean, the actual events. It was based on the fact that cocaine maybe fell out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. That's an actual event. Right. There are bears. bears in the woods. Yes, for example. That eat anything. Just especially if they're hungry and high on cocaine. So I really don't think there's many holes to be poked. <clears throat> there is this um, subset of society, cocaine bear, I would put this in, snakes on a plane. Yeah. Human centipede. Oh, I yeah. guess I'm sticking to movies here. Um, people giving bad baby. A recording contract, and she puts out an album. You know who I'm talking about? No. That uh, 14-year-old gangster girl from Dr. Phil. Catch me outside. How about that? You never heard of this? Nope. Okay. It's just all... Sounds fun, though. <laughs> it's, it, I would be in, if, if, if you enjoy Cocaine Bear, you might enjoy if, Bad If beer. we had a producer in the room with us, maybe we could pull <laughs> that video up. <laughs> and I don't know what kind of... Um, indicator species that this line of art says about society well uh, as someone who appreciates death metal i think that you if anyone have my thumb on the pulse yeah would have an answer generation of society (laughs) i would think it'd be you (laughs) all right well if that didn't do it for you speaking of the degeneration of society uh did you see this video i did this is uh a hockey fan getting into it with a large gentleman sitting behind him. How about you step down here now? Oh, I chick. Right here. I think she gets cut in the face. Yeah. I think his fingernails hey, hey, cut her in the boy, face. Little boy, exactly. hey, little boy, hey, little boy, no, fuck, little boy, no, fuck hey, little that. boy, little boy, little boy, dude. He takes that, that mullet game is strong. By totally, the way. yes. He takes that punch in the face like a champ. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, if look at the way that it makes his hair flop back when he gets hit i mean this looks like a hard hit it's not like a fast moving punch but the side this guy's arm is, is as big as his chest right I just, the guy that threw the punch like that—that that is a huge brawny guy, obviously from generation. Like I don't tolerate bullshit from anyone, yes. especially <laughs> a kid in a hockey jersey and a fucking mullet. Yeah, that was awesome. The punch is going so slow. You gotta wonder why the kid didn't duck. But I think he kind of looks away at the last second. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
No, dude. He watched that punch go straight <laughs> into his face. Dude, duck. <laughs> so check out this guy in the blue sweater here. Like, just like the most nonchalant. It's like he just like overheard someone um, say like the most uh, mundane thing ever. Like, oh, hey, uh, did you did you drop this receipt? Is this yours? Turns around like, oh, no, it's not mine. Watch him. <laughs> I admit that's the best part of the video. <laughs> right? <laughs> Slowly like <laughs> Zero fear of what's going on. Still sitting there with hands in his pocket. He's at the zoo. I love that. I love that guy. I know. He's the best part of the video. <laughs> huh, look at that. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't that awesome? Uh, what, so break down the guy who got punched, the little boy. Yeah. Can you, if you had to kind of armchair break down the psychological breakdown of that guy because that is a guy obviously likes to puff his chest out talk yep. shit throw a bunch of fucking words around but i think what makes people like this unique is they have no concept of like there could be consequences to what you're saying like they're, they're he's like i'm here to wave my arms around and put on you know puff my flutters out like a like a bird yeah and the other guy just like I'm just going to sit here and you're going to run your mouth. And eventually you're going to run your mouth. You're going to say something. Then I'm going to fucking knock you out. Right. And that's how that goes. <laughs> so those are two different kinds of people right there, which is kind of fascinating. Yeah. And then the psychological breakdown of the guy sitting there in his hands in his pockets is the, is just complete, Okay. We'll get like, to him next. Straight up Marcus Aurelius stoicism. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> so this doesn't even exist. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> yes. uh, it should be broken down. Okay. First of all, the, the kid is like you said he and by kid he's got to be almost 30 yeah i'd say mid 20s mid 20s yeah okay. um he's not used to getting punched for saying things or else he wouldn't be throwing around the n-word with yeah. such <laughs> reckless abandon right right granted he did say I, it to it, a white guy yeah at a hockey game so yes <laughs> kind of i know <laughs> chances of it being safe space for racism right. Oh, uh, man. You know what? Uh, I made a prediction a while back that the NHL was going to die mm-hmm. um, because of how woke they were getting. Mm-hmm. And I gave them 10 years, I think. Uh-huh. They, they might be trying to turn that ship around <laughs> with the shit that the New York Rangers did. Oh, right. How we talked about last yep. time. The stuff yeah. we were talking about last time. Yeah. You know, what's um, weird is is uh, that was one of the few things that like I ha- we have like our very close knit like group of friends and we go deep and talk about all this weird shit and you know world economic forum and bill gates and all this and every once in a while like something that we have been talking about will i'll run out i'll run into the wild and someone will talk about it yeah that rangers thing had like two or three different people tell me about yeah i was like hear about this thing it's like yeah i just figured we're the only ones always talking about this stuff yeah but no it was yeah that really uh was popular that that story made it around right all right, so anyways, back to these kids. Okay. So they're at a – so not only is he not afraid of getting beat up because he's mouthing off to a giant man okay, and he's is using he, the is N-word. He, is he not afraid or is he just like – it's it just I, – I think he's not afraid because he doesn't realize that the, his actions have consequences. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Now, where are they sitting? They're at an NHL game mm-hmm. pretty freaking close to the ice. Right. So those are expensive seats. Right. They're like cloth seats that they're oh, yeah. sitting in too right so i think this kid is a rich kid 
who hey. just does not ever have to face violence, <laughs> and which you can kind of tell by his his fighting skills. Yes. His chi- his chick, on the other hand, is actually can is, throw, can throw hands a little like, bit. She is actually trying to land punches on this guy, much uh, failing, you know, miserably. I like the ri- I like the rich kid angle. Yeah, but I, the, I think um, the kind of uh, the dark cloud is we, I can't figure out that mullet. It's, so it's popular. Is it? Big time. Is the mullet back? The mullet is back. Not by like just straight white trash, but like. No. That's, okay. I mean, not, not that our gym is a good uh, representation <laughs> yeah. of the rest of society. <laughs> Normative behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but you see mullets appear in our gym I do. all the time now. Yeah. I was talking about it with guys over there the other day. It's like, yeah, the mullet is definitely trending right now. So, uh, especially. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then. The, guy, the rich kid angle kind of explains too because this guy is so goofy looking. Yeah. And then his girl, who can actually fight a little bit. Yeah. I was is, like, she is a smoke show. a little show. out of his league. She is hot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, now, does what about the guy that threw the punch? Like, he could have, for all we know, he went to jail yeah. after this because he threw the first punch. Right. Right. This guy called him the N word. The, the kid called the big guy the N-word. Mm. <laughs> just his posture. It's just so great. I'm I, going to bunch you. Here it comes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, and then the dude in the blue sweater. He didn't even go like this. Like, ooh. He just no. sat there. And took it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and the guy in the blue... I, I'll give you this. I didn't want to admit this, but he, he did pop back up after that punch fairly quickly. Uh, no, he did. I mean, that was a solid hit. It was. I mean, it wasn't the quickest punch, but just the Making sheer size of that... witchy way. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't tell how hard it hit him by the way that his mullet flops up into the air right. when he gets popped. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This probably isn't the best audio... Uh, podcast for people that aren't getting to see what we're laughing at here i highly suggest that you find this uh look up uh ghetto ass hockey fan on <laughs> yeah the hodge twins posted this so um you gotta think that the dude in the uh blue sweater who's watching everything like he's at the zoo uh-huh. uh has has had some experience with violence mm-hmm. and is just really not Impressed. Excellent. Uh, Adrenaline control. Totally. Yeah, doesn't get worked up or stuff, I guess. No. Yeah, he couldn't look more bored. No, exactly. Just something I can really respect and so on. (laughs) This is so great. It's so great. His reaction is the best. Fist fight. Okay. Almost got your head knocked off. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, decent video. All right. I usually uh, avoid the fight videos that seem to be popping up all over the place, but... That, that one is pretty This decent. one had a lot going for it. Yeah. I think people get a certain amount of gratitude um, of spiritual closure of seeing someone get what they deserve. <laughs> so right. Like running right their mouth. Some old guy going like, eh, I'm not going to take this anymore. That's, yeah. <laughs> if you reading through all the uh, the comments on this on, on Twitter, that was the general consensus that the kid got what he deserved. Yeah. Hats off to the the other guy, the guy that punched him. Yeah. Um, there were definitely some comments, though, like, you can't throw the first punch. Yeah. I and mean, that guy probably went to jail. So how much 
this is something that I think about quite a bit is, okay, we kind of determined through this guy's behavior and his ensuing actions <laughs> is that he either was not thinking through or had no concept of like, this guy eventually is going to get sick of my shit and there will be a fight. You know what I mean? I mean, the dude was threatening a fight. He's like, step down here. Yes. And so he's like opening up an invitation of like, you got a problem. Like, let's do this. And yeah. I said, yes, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how much of this, because I think that's this a lot, is that this guy we're saying he might be, I don't know, mid to late 20s or something like that. The guy that punched him is probably in his 40s? I don't think older than that. Guy looked to be like in his 50s. Okay. Okay. But different generation, yeah. let's just say. Um, how much of that, the behavior from the guy with the mullet, is fostered by online behavior? Of like being used to completely run your mouth. There's no consequence. I'm gonna go in the comments. I'm gonna Total anonymity. Shit. Yeah, yeah. There's no consequences for my behavior, and you get raised like that. Like you know what I mean. Social media was probably part of his like formative years. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. And how I I always think about that. Like that that seed grows in your mind of like yeah. there's no I can say I can run my mouth. I can talk shit. You know, there's no consequences. Right. And then you get a guy like one of the best fields I've seen is a guy like Jake Shields. Some MMA guy was calling him a Nazi and all this stuff. The dude goes, let's just handle this then. And drove to the guy's gym and beat the shit out of him. He goes, Is that how that went down? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw that video and I didn't have any context. Yeah, the guy who was actually an MMA fighter. He was. I think he might have been in UFC even. Really? But yeah, had been running his mouth to Jake Shields, calling him a Nazi. And this guy's a quarter black, I think. And... um yeah, Colin, just run his, and Jake Shields, I think he just said a few, like, you better stop fucking running your mouth. And then uh, I think this was in Vegas, if I remember correctly. Jake Shields went to Vegas for something else. I was like, oh, I'm going to drop by that guy's gym. And walks right in, throws him on the ground, and starts elbowing him in the face. And, and the, guy the dude said, get him off me, get, get him off me, get him off me. Yeah, not a good look. Yeah. So, you know, this, this so older I'm, dude. I'm, I'm interested in the the Venn diagram yeah. behavior like this and, you know, running your mouth, you know, or the three circles if you're Kamala Harris, but I'm only referring <laughs> to two here. How old school. Yeah. Of like how much that, you know, just getting used to running your mouth online has to do plays out in real life like this. The, um, cause this guy opened up the invitation. Like, you know, basically you want to fight, you want to do something. And the way he took that punch, he's like had, Zero idea that something like that could happen because he just stood there with his chin sticking out. The older guy did not grow up with social media. He grew yes. up with your actions have consequences. Yeah. And he really did this kid I'll, I'll a favor. See, see you tomorrow <laughs> at recess. You <laughs> can handle this. He did him a favor. He showed him. He's like, look, you you can't just run your mouth in decent society without getting punched. Right. Sorry. You know, luckily you have a chick that. Knows how to fight, but still, uh, <laughs> if she's not around, then you're going to really get your ass kicked someday. So I think he actually should probably send him a thank you card. If my, if my wife could fight and I couldn't and I got in a fight, if I thought I might get in a fight, I would say something to him like, look, when I start getting my ass beat, don't just don't step in. Right. <laughs> just let me just got to let it go. <laughs> just I know that you. It's going to be hard. It's harder for me <laughs> if you save my ass. 
Oh, that would be hard, huh? Like being married to Ronda Rousey or something. And like, you know, what's interesting is this is quite a while ago. The first time I sparred for real in our gym was against a girl uh-huh. and beat the shit out of me. Of course, she ended up in the UFC. <laughs> she was a UFC fighter, right? But they, I had never sparred before. I was pretty new to boxing. And they're like, all right, everyone get in there because she was getting ready for a fight. Like everyone jump in and. And then I'm like, huh, this should be weird. And my, I asked my coach, I'm like, what do I do? He's like, just keep your hands up, you know, just you know, stick to the basics, move your head, remember to breathe. He's like, you know, you'll figure it out. And um, she beat the crap out of the first guy who I knew could box. I'm like, oh, my God. Second guy <laughs> went through him. Now I'm like counting down the line. I'm like, two, okay, I'm fifth. So she'll probably like be gassed out by yeah, then. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out she's a freak of nature, like athlete, and just didn't get tired. Yeah. It was a very humbling experience. And I had mentioned something to my boxing coach at that time. This was uh, six, seven years ago. I'm like, I, that was very humbling. It got the shit beat out of me by a girl. She goes, well, she's a UFC fighter, so <laughs> don't, yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. It's still, like, if you had, so when you started to tell that story and you said, you talked about the fight and you said, um, I got the, I can't, I, I can't remember how you said it, We'll roll back the tape, but yeah. I thought you were going to say that you beat the shit out of her. No. Um, and if you had said that, it would have been like, everyone listening would have been like, oh, dude, you beat up a girl? What the fuck? Even though she's in the UFC. Yeah. It, just those words coming out right. of your mouth, I beat the shit out of this girl. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude, really? <laughs> so that's why I, I don't like having to spar against girls. Mm-hmm. It's and James has said this before. Like it's also the same as sparring against like kids, 13, 14, 15 year olds. It's a lose lose situation. You either get your ass kicked by a girl mm-hmm. or you beat up a girl. You get your ass kicked by a little kid or you get you beat up a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no there's no joy to be had. Mm-hmm. I hate wrestling against girls, especially when you you have to like not touch their boobs and accidentally like, you know, you know, I'm just constantly that, trying to be, that's poli- what you're thinking about. Yeah. You should definitely avoid with the girls. Well, it's like, you're constantly thinking about like accidentally touching them. I don't know. It's weird. I, I hate it. I don't know. How do you um, feel about it? I, I don't, I don't mind it, but, um, I, never, I know we have to do it. I know that they're supposed to be like this, just kind of, I never ask, uh, cause you know, at the end of class, you go, everyone's like rolling, you know, you just pick different partners and roll three, four different people. Um, I never ask one of the girls if they want to roll because I, I think some of them are more comfortable. They only want to roll with other girls. Right. So, but if they ask me, I'll say, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Same way. I'm yeah. the same way. But then I see sometimes like you have I'm, to, if I'm rolling with someone a lot smaller than me, for example, like I tend to use more, I'm not, I'm very, very bad technically. I tend to rely on just kind of redneck approach strength a lot. Yeah. But if I'm rolling with someone, I just like no matter who you're rolling with or sparring with. And then if you're rolling with someone a lot smaller, I'll go like, okay, don't ragdoll them on the ground. You know what I mean? Like try to use more like technique or whatever. Right. So I'm always feel like I'm adjusting on the situation a little bit. Well, most of the girls are better than me, so I have no choice but to just like, <laughs> use my redneck. Okay, now we're getting to the actual issue. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a lose lose situation. I yeah, I just do it out of just uh, comfort to them. It's like I don't know. I, yeah, no, I never really want to roll with other girls. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it's awkward. Dude, speaking of after a hiatus where I've been living on the treadmill in the gym, and yesterday I finally felt like a noticeable improvement in my cardio, which has been really nice. That's really great to hear, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all you got to say about yeah. that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, your cardio has never been an issue. I don't know why you even bother. Mm. You ran to Roner Park one day With before morning. work. <laughs> <laughs> and then realized you're in Roner Park and ran back home. Yes. After a phone call, you're like, I'm running a little late here. Like, literally, running a little late. <laughs> All right, so uh, the missus. Hey, I, get, I got something All right. I want to ask. Okay. Um, are you going to the mall later? No, <laughs> no, I'm not, mister. Uh, I had a realization, and I've been trying to figure out how to put this into words that doesn't sound like snooty or elitist or like I'm kind of looking down my nose. But mm-hmm. we had, so I went to church this morning, and yeah. today's being Super Bowl Sunday. They kind of, it was all decorated, bouncy houses, yeah, nachos and food and drinks and everything. And there's this giant lawn and service gets out and it's like a cool rock and roll church. So it's pretty lively in there anyway. And there's a huge uh, daycare for the kids with the bouncy houses and a giant playground. It's a, such a great place for kids, right? And so <clears throat> we get out of the service and my kid wants to go in the bouncy house and we get some nachos which they had real nacho cheese, which I was very happy about. And when you say real nacho cheese, you mean like the cheese sauce. The cheese sauce, yes. Right. <laughs> um, is I had this realization as we were leaving because there was probably 300, 400 people there, like quite a – Wow. Pretty big because there's, there's three services and they go back to back to back. So you get a lot of like crossover and it being kind of a festive atmosphere. People were just kind of hanging around. And we, as we left, I mean, everything was kind of winding down. And I asked my wife, I was like, okay, just let me ask you something and maybe tell me, like, why? I just had this realization. It's like, why do I intuitively know? Because you have kids everywhere, you have food, you have drinks, everyone's like hanging out. And we're probably looking between 300, 400 people. Why do I intuitively know when everyone gets up and leaves here in the next 45 minutes or whatever that there won't be a single piece of trash left on the ground? Because litter drives me insane. Like it's something I pay attention to. And why is this? Does this make me kind of a shit for for pointing this out? Why, if this, we had a similar situation and it was in the park off downtown, and maybe there's a band playing and a barbecue or whatever. Why do I intuitively know that if we had the roughly the same amount of people, there'd be just fucking trash all over the place at the end of the day? Now, number one. Do you think that's true? Number two, like why why do I intuitively know that that probably is true? Two things. Okay. One, the people that go to the church go to uh, belong in a in a community. Right. And that community exists in the geographical boundaries of the place that you're in. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows everyone, everyone cares about everyone else. Yeah. The downtown, there is no community. It's just whoever comes, whoever goes, doesn't matter. There is no connection. There's no okay. people getting to know each other. Take the same situation, put it in Ferndale, mm-hmm. and you have a uh, a much smaller 
population, right. you're going to have more people that know each other, more of a community. Yeah. So it's, it's let you're less anonymous Yeah. there. The other, I think, think the other part is that people that go to church are, have higher character mm-hmm. than the general population. It's just, yeah. I mean, they're going there be, not because it's fun and because you, you can get drunk there mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you could. <laughs> you didn't grow up Catholic. So <laughs> <laughs> Father Mickey man would get on one. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> uh, but they are making a sacrifice in some small amount of their right. day to go do something. Like to a try selfless. To, <clears throat> they're beginning the day with a selfless act. To try to make right. themselves better. So I think that that just innately is a better caliber of person. Not everyone does that. Even if it's just a small yeah. degree better, I, I, I think it is. I like that. Yeah. The first one was in my mind as an abstraction. Yeah, I think you put it pretty well. Sub question. Okay. Is you saying, um, how did you put it, that the people there at a church are of higher character? Mm-hmm. Why would you saying that make people angry? Yeah, I can uh, think of a lot of people that would just get upset if I if I were to say that to them. Yeah, that is a controversial thing to say, really. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It yes. shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk a lot on this show about all the problems in the world, and we've been trying more to make sure we shed light on solutions. And mm-hmm. the biggest solution that is out there that I can think of that all of us have the ability to – um, put our energy into is to try to raise our children to be better people mm-hmm. than the average person. Mm-hmm. And if we raise our kids right and we teach them things and we keep them from being um, indoctrinated by the state and we we really try to put energy into raising these natural elites that Hans Hermann Hoppe would refer to um, – that is something that we are doing and can do to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. It sounds corny, but it yeah. really is. Right. You know, and we, the reason we choose church is, or <clears throat> I shouldn't put myself in that category because I don't go to church, but I want to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like mean, I mean, most people I who don't you go to church, church and give you the rundown, <laughs> kind of by proxy or so, so kind of Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, is to we do that to to try to um, make our lives better. You mm-hmm. know, Jesus does save. I believe that, and you go there to be saved. And by you know, we're not just saving ourselves, but you're saving your family, you're saving your community, and by extension, you're saving the world mm-hmm. by bringing people up in it that are these you know more elite. Right. individuals than the scumbags that are out there right now, especially the ones that are the elected politicians that are ruining all of our lives. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is, it's actually kind of a good transition into what I wanted to uh, talk about today. The, on Amazon prime, you can get a, uh, like add on mm-hmm. that's PBS documentaries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got it last night because I wanted to watch, this documentary on Ruby Ridge. Ooh, yes. What I haven't got, seen documentary, but I, I've gone some deep dives on Ruby Ridge. You're going to want to watch this okay. after I, after I show you this. Um, the What got me thinking about it was, this is funny, actually. Netflix... A lot of people say that about Ruby Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, the funny thing about families being slaughtered uh, is, by the FBI. <laughs> um, Netflix had a show called Waco on it. Right. It was done by Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's on Amazon. Did actually, you see that? I started watching it. Yeah. Oh, the Waco one. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Yes. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought um, I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, as far as you can enjoy something as macabre and gruesome. Well, no, that? it wasn't like. Yeah, but um, I actually was surprised. <clears throat> I thought. I mean, I have my own biases about that situation and Ruby Ridge. Um, I'll give you a hint. I'm not on the side of the government. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I thought the Waco documentary did um, a decent job of two things. Number one, providing the kind of a cultural context of what this, what became this irrational Waco response. And what that was, was we fucked up Ruby Ridge so bad. Like, let's let this be our redeeming operation. And it, holy shit, did it go <laughs> the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. fucking government is not good at anything. And you have a bunch of fucking psychopaths in charge of the FBI. Number two, I thought they did a pretty decent job um, as far as the Waco documentary of providing kind of like what was going on with both sides. They didn't come in with like one narrative of like they're a crazy religious cult and like that's kind of the premise for the show. Or, you know, the FBI murdered everyone. It showed kind of a decent job of showing the kind of the the, the, the thoughts and the sentiment behind both of the, the two sides, if you want to call it. That's what I yeah. took away from it too. I thought, wow. And I couldn't believe that it was out there. Yeah, you know, to be so fair right. to I David Koresh, I was surprised was, too. I was surprised. I was like, man, just, just, yeah. the, most of the shit gets. A lot of people don't know this that um, the Department of Defense and the Pentagon they they give the green or red light on a lot of movies, especially if it has anything to do yeah. with the military. Who was just talking about that? Um, Pete Quinones, maybe. No, it was uh, it was a guest on someone else's show. Oh, yeah. it, it was. Um, the guy that wrote the Sumter Gambit. Oh, okay. Um, what show was that on? Gambit. It was on Liberty Lockdown. Liberty Lockdown. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, this uh, I was I was curious because um, I, I got there kind of in a roundabout way, but I was watching a another movie about this fictitious. I think I heard Gavin McInnes talk about it. It's called uh, Imperium, and it's this fictitious account of a FBI agent infiltrating white supremacy group. And, uh, you know, it just, it was, it's horrible. It's just like every trope, trope every cliche, st- um, the, you know, the, they show the North will rise again. <laughs> they show the Nazis, you know, marching down the street and in their protests. And then the Antifa fights them and then Antifa is the good guys. And mm-hmm. it's like, this doesn't even exist. There is yeah. no, there are no white supremacists marching on the street anywhere. You know, this isn't a thing. So, and it was just one thing after another that, uh, anyways, they were talking about, um, Timothy McVeigh mm-hmm. in it. And why he did what he did, and and I was like, that just that's so wrong. And so I was going back and rereading what uh, it wasn't Scott Horton, but it was on the um, the uh, Libertarian Institute article about uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. And I was going back over the facts. That's one of the best articles I've ever read on on it. And um, this was on Timothy McVeigh. On Tim okay. McVeigh. 
and they were talking about Tim McVeigh. I know I'm taking a really long way around to mm. explain all this, but um, Tim McVeigh was really inspired mostly by Ruby Ridge and Waco. Right. And that's what drove him to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this documentary on PBS. And, you know, PBS is a government-funded, taxpayer-funded... NPR, but for TV. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, but here's the thing. I think the reason... So this documentary was actually very fair to both sides. And, yeah. PBS. I really think you should watch this. Yeah, I would love to. Um, They... Yeah, they they definitely had their biases on some people on the some journalists that they were interviewing had their biases, but then other ones who they they really kind of pointed out how wrong the FBI was. Mm-hmm. They really can't deny that. I mean, even the FBI uses Ruby Ridge as a training video or whatever you know exercise to show what not to do. Don't do this. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good it did. And Waco happened, and they right. did even worse than they did there. But regardless, I mean. Um, anyways, this, the documentary was very fair and, uh, I thought that, you know, PBS being on the side of the government, being funded by the government, the people that work there, I think don't, I think they think they're being, um, objective more so than people that work at CNN. I think that at CNN, when you're being funded by Pfizer, right. I would agree with that. And you're on the side of the government. You're yeah. in the bag for the government, and you're being funded by Pfizer. You're more corrupt than if you're just on the side of the government, right. if you're just PBS. So I I don't know. That's kind of what I was trying to think about with that. But I, I think that makes sense. Anyways, um, I wanted to just uh, play you a couple of clips from this uh, from this documentary. And uh, think of it as kind of like my, my trailer for you. <laughs> Sweet. Here's the government, and they come to you and they say, we've been watching you. We know that you sold a sawed-off shotgun. Now, if you won't work for us, if you won't help us to get inside the Aryan nations and to get inside the white separatist movement, if you won't do those things for us, then we're going to arrest you, and we're going to place you in jail, and we're going to take away your property. And Randy Weaver said no. It's, uh, man, it's so, especially because I know how this all played out and having a family, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard to talk about this sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I I don't know what man wouldn't have a similar reaction. Totally. Um, Yeah. So for those of you, you know that just know the bare bones of this, like what basically kicked off this, what what escalated this is FBI agents raiding the property and shot his son and his dog. That's the first thing that happened at Ruby Ridge. And as a reminder is people, I think, reframe this in their mind. Like, yeah, it was this standout, like white militia, you know, that was trying to wage war on society, whatever it was like, no, no, the reason, the entire reason Ruby Ridge started is that he sold a gun that had the barrel sawed off illegally to an yeah, undercover agent. Exactly. That's how, and for that, they slaughtered his family. So they, uh, 
the narrative is that he Randy Weaver was a white supremacist and he was interacting with the Aryan, Aryan nation. nations. And uh, and while that's true, um, he never joined up with yeah, them. He was never officially part of it. And he his, was affiliated with his daughter in this documentary talks about how like yeah, we went there and it was kind of like summer camp and um, my dad just liked to kind of he's very inquisitive. He just wanted to know what right. they were all about. And yeah, he agreed with some of the stuff they said, but not all of it. And so he didn't want to join up with this group. He wasn't like really like one of them. Yeah. He wasn't like a, a full on believer. Yeah. I think, I think the impetus for them actually removing themselves from society. A lot of that came, a big part of that came from his wife. Actually, there's some very, very staunch and heartfelt uh, religious convictions that, you know, the world was going to end. Yeah, and so they were trying to set themselves up for that. They weren't out there to start a white nationalist movement. Well, it's interesting. What were they out there for? You know, they wanted to be left alone, right? And you and I talk about that a lot. Like our philosophy is: leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. Let's all just leave each other alone to get along, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, doesn't always work out so well being left alone. No. These are people that want to be left alone. And Randy's arrest just galvanized the Weavers' hatred of the federal government. They really thought the government was evil. I don't give him that idea. <laughs> so it's it's so it's so funny. It's like they were they were deemed a threat because of their beliefs deemed yeah. by the media deemed by the FBI because of them being anti-government the, the cathedral they didn't want to play along yeah Randy Weaver said no I'm not playing by your games and what do they do they brought a fucking army to his property and in the end ended up slaughtering people yeah um he he didn't – it's – and the idea of evil too in the government, it's it's like – to me, I think of it like this. I think the government is evil, but I don't think that the government is evil because it's populated by a group of people who got together and said, let's subjugate an entire population. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, they put together this plan, right? We're going to – hey, guys, come here. This is what we're going to do. We're going to subjugate an entire population. We're going to steal their money, take ownership of their property, regulate – where they can go, how they can communicate. We are going to uh, just control every aspect of their lives. What do you say? Who's in? You know, it wasn't this like preconceived idea of being evil right. to people. What it is is that it's just by its very nature evil because the only way to make a democratic system work, a democracy work, a system where majority rules. Mm-hmm is to force everyone to abide by the rules of that system. Right. Because you're going to have 51% of the people telling 49% of the people what to do. Those 49% don't want to do it. The only way that it works is to force them to do it. So at the outset, it's evil. Right. For that reason, I think. Because you need guns and you need, need, like, you have to force people to do things they don't want to do. And our system that we try to uh, promote libertarianism or anarcho-capitalism or voluntarism, agorism, whatever you want to call it, is 
purely voluntary. If you're not in, then fine. Yeah. You can own your property without having to be subject to the whims of your neighbor. Right. Um, I would say, so a couple different thoughts is when you bring up the, basically what you call the tenant that makes the system evil, I'd say it's a combination of what you just said. And I think it's also gets propagated and accelerated by the fact that, um, there is no, it's, I, I guess it's, it's like the inertia of bureaucracy of there's no culpability. There's no, who murdered, who murdered Randy Weaver's kids? Well, a guy pulled the trigger, a sniper, an FBI sniper, but he was following orders. Who gave him the orders? Well, his, you know, the director of the FBI, if you go, you know, five levels. Okay, who gave that guy the orders? And it's just this, just like conglomeration of like do-nothing bureaucrats that just shrug like, well, this is what we're supposed to do. So there's no culpability, yeah. right? This this sniper well, in, by not, design probably not riddled with guilt for the rest of his life. He's like, well, you know, this guy was a danger to society, and that, those were my orders. Yeah, I mean, same can go for military. Same can go for those cops that just fucking beat that guy to death in Memphis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, those guys are going to be held culpable, thankfully. But yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, it's like as far as those cops in Memphis, it's like didn't. Didn't one of you guys go like, this is fucking not okay. Kentucky, like, right? Kentucky, is that what it is? I okay, think so. Thank you. Yeah. Is there like, you know, you had six guys there. Not one of them going like, I think this is getting a little out of hand at some right. point. There was just this weird, like, I don't know, like camaraderie of like psychopathic violence. They're like, we're all on board. And it's just like, I think you're shielded by like in numbers almost. And I think that's what happens with Ruby Ridge. And this is also what happens with Waco. So like, yeah, we just burned a bunch of women and children to death. I mean, I don't know. Things just didn't go right. They kind of went wrong. It's like, you people should all be in prison for the rest of your fucking life. Like, you just murdered a bunch of children. Right. And you think about what kicked this off. Like you were saying, the, the sawed-off shotgun. Mm-hmm. He was basically entrapped. Yeah. In fact, here's... So when we... Hey, this is interesting, because right when you were about to say this, is that when we... People think that we are, you know, I've had people telling us, you're being a little bit hyperbolic. I'm like, everything becomes a reduction to violence in this system that we call exactly. a democratic republic. Is Your parking that, ticket yeah, becomes a reduction yeah, to violence. Eventually, eventually, at the point of a gun, I'm either getting shot or I'm being put in a cage for the rest of my life. Like that's, and this happened to Ruby Ridge, start off, like he sold a gun. Here, let me just play this yeah. in their words. Starting in the mid 80s, the feds wanted to know who's there and what are they doing, and what are they planning on doing next? So by the time Randy Weaver started shooting at the compound, the feds were listening. They had lots of events there designed to potentially recruit harder core folks into the Aryan nations. And it was at one of those meetings that Randy Weaver was spotted by an undercover federal informant. This guy got next to Randy Weaver and learned that he was, you know, clearly a racist, that he wanted to live his white separatist lifestyle in North Idaho, but that he was having uh, trouble putting two nickels together and that he was interested in some income. And one thing led to another, and pretty soon Randy Weaver agrees to saw off some shotguns. Everything shifts when Randy Weaver saws the barrels off of those shotguns. He had now committed a federal crime. But it's so clear that Randy Weaver was not a guy up there sawing the barrels off shotguns and selling. He, he only committed this act 
after talking to an ATF informant. If that doesn't make you want to move out to the woods in Idaho, I don't know what will. <laughs> exactly. It's like, and they're, they're, the, seems to me the justification for the whole thing keeps coming back to the fact that he was a white supremacist. They're kind of saying that he got what he deserved because he's a white supremacist. Yeah. It's a tone to paint someone. And as much as I am, you know, I abhor the idea of any sort of racialism or racism or whatever you want to call it, um, it's if somebody is that way I and they want to be left alone, like I just not, yeah. Who has a problem with that? Yeah. Fine, go be an idiot in the woods. I, right. I'm not gonna make it my life's mission to go find you and somehow get you in trouble, trick you into doing something that's illegal, so that we can then come bust you. Like, leave those people alone. Right. All he wanted to do. I mean, they didn't even have electricity up at yeah. their house. Just leave them the fuck alone. They're they're white separatists. They're not building an army to then right. – they're not infiltrationists. <laughs> they're separatists. They want to like live out in the woods. Their, their ideology is disgusting. So the fuck what? I can walk – I can throw my phone and hit someone with a disgusting ideology. <laughs> totally. Like, it's, you, that's why you leave them alone. You just don't interact with them. And in this documentary, you see like they continually like go back to that. Like, well, because we knew that he, he was involved with these white nationalists, we knew that they were armed and dangerous. We knew that they were a threat to everyone. It's like, no – that's not true. Yeah. You made that leap on your own. They right. were not doing anything. They weren't even yeah. leaving their house, barely. This documentary, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah. Because I just listened to a couple podcasts on Ruby Ridge uh, about six, eight months ago. They had me, uh, sent me on some deep dives of like reading into it and stuff. And the Waco documentary is what started that. I was like, I'm pretty familiar with Ruby Ridge, but um, I'm going to go back through all that stuff. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know much about it actually. Um, I knew the bare bones, but watching that documentary was actually pretty cool because, like I said, it was very uh, fair. You're right. So, so let's say we're sitting down with someone and we're having the conversation that we just had right now, right? And we have someone who's not not really interested in that stuff, and they shrug and say, "Like, I, I don't. Why why are you fixating?" on this, you know, that happened, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, who cares? What's, what's the big deal? I was like, well, the big deal is why this is history that needs to be taught and remembered and discussed with people is that the people who killed, murdered this guy's family and murdered the families in Waco are even bigger of an organization than they were back then. And we talk about the war on terror, which gave us the Patriot Act and, I don't know, a couple million innocent victims in Middle East, women and children being fucking bombed and, and murdered again. Yep. That, those resources are being turned inward. And we've talked about this several times. And that is the war on domestic extremism. And that when they talk about domestic extremism, it's basically has become an umbrella term for like any anyone basically questioning, you know, the things that we're trying to pull off. Any you know, that goes against the narrative, that goes against the COVID narrative, that might push back against the Ukraine narrative, that you know has a problem with them hiring eighty seven thousand new IRS agents and then you know arming them. That has a problem with the, their taxes being too high. 
And the latest one this week, I mean, because it's gone from, you remember that just wonderful, heartfelt speech that Biden gave behind the blood red you know, Nazi Germany backdrop. And basically, for the first time ever, a president came out and said, like, um, roughly half this country is your enemy. Right. And we are going to start, you know, taking steps to uh, put them in their place. That was the, basically the gist of his speech. And they fucking have made good on their promise. It's uh, we were seeing people uh, that were into pro-life demonstrations. The FBI just drug them out of their house and took them to jail for protesting. You know, at, at a pro, pro-life march. Right. Um, the latest one this week is the FBI is setting its sights on uh, traditional Catholics. I don't know if you've seen those articles. Yep. It's like, yeah, the traditional Catholics are basically a perfect breeding ground for right-wing extremism and domestic terrorism. It's like, and if five, six years ago, because you'd hear two people tell you, like, they're going to declare war on religion. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> it's like, just, here we are. Yeah. Well, it's interesting they're starting with Catholics, but um, it seems to me like there's this race happening Yes. A race against time where yes. at the FBI is doing the bidding of the people in power mm-hmm. right now. And at the same time, the FBI is being exposed for all of their wrongdoings. Right. Also, I mean, the continular, but now it's, right. a, it's, it's hot right now because of the, all the Twitter files and everything that came out. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of distrust in the FBI. And it seems to me like they're doing everything they can to quickly and efficiently – Attack and demonize the enemies of the state, right. right? Before they completely have their uh, the rug pulled off from under them mm-hmm. by by the people, essentially yeah. by this by our new Congress and you hopefully know, by the people a, at large. A similar thing just happened. Is um, I was going to do this next episode, but I'll just give you a quick teaser. Is uh, <laughs> just as remember when the Nord Stream pipeline was blown up. Uh-huh. And we're like, uh, is, that's pretty obvious that we did that, right? I mean, only a couple of countries have that capability. We stood to benefit from it the most. And then we came out and said, like, no, Russia did it. I'm like, wait a minute. Why, why would Russia blow up their own pipeline? That is their leverage over the EU. There's this giant gas pipeline. And they're saying, well, so they could blame it on, uh, on, on you know, it's a, it's a false flag, man. It's like 3D chess. I'm, like, I'm not buying that. Now, and then shortly after that, the uh, missiles, basically, the Russian missiles that blew up that farm in Poland were like, well, no, why would Russia do that? They're picking a war against NATO, which is like the one thing they don't want, you know what I mean, is to get the EU like, well, you just basically declared war on Europe at this point. Yeah, and they're going to do it by they, – they're picking a fight we've been with trying Europe. To, we've been trying to pick that fight this entire right. time. But now Russia's going to do it by blowing up a farm <laughs> in Poland. <laughs> find out the missiles were Ukrainian and – it blows my mind. I'm like, I've never heard that. I was like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's no one gets excited about that article. No one gets excited about the other one because it fits the narrative. And now a bunch of information has come out about the Nord Stream pipeline that's saying, yeah, it was a joint operations intelligence uh, operation, which means it's not the seals. It's not the actual merit. So it doesn't have to go through Congress. No one can be held accountable, accountable to be drug into Congress and testify. And, the guy that broke the story, they're doing the same thing that you're talking about with the FBI and the Twitter files. This is why I'm bringing this up. It's, it's, the, exact same, it's the exact same game. They're like, this guy is completely full of shit. Like this guy that broke the story, and I, I don't have his name off the top of my head. I was look, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. 
and Seymour Hirsch. Seymour Hirsch, thank you. He's like, okay, Pulitzer uh, Prize winner. Yeah, Pulitzer Prize winner. Like, what other stories did you break? Uh, the My Lai massacre in Vietnam. Same thing. They're like, you know, this guy is a, a communist, and like, he made this up. Turned out to be true. He broke the conditions in Guantanamo Bay that we were torturing detainees there. The waterboarding, you know, the, all the horrific things that we were doing to. to wow, know, I didn't know he did all terrorists. that. Terrorists, yeah. And we said, no, this is complete bullshit. Turned out it was all true. Here's this guy again. Like, it, I'd say his track record kind of speaks for itself. Point of bringing this up in in context of what we're talking about with the Ruby Ridge and FBI is, is they're playing the exact same game because the Twitter files come out and all of a sudden the FBI is dragging people out of their houses, you know, people like the wrong kind of people, the right. people that Biden referred to in that speech mm-hmm. is like, yeah, we are seeing this grotesque acceleration of just authoritarian ab- abuse, and I think that's why. So you know who Mike Pompeo is? Yes. Former director of the CIA, and he was, I think he was uh, Secretary of State under Trump. Mm, yes. Well, he was on Glenn Beck recently, and Glenn was asking him about these things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, do you have any feeling about the guy, one way or the other? Uh, I mean, <laughs> if he's FBI, CIA, like, I just, yeah. I kind of feel the <laughs> same way. You kind of guess, but... He, he holds himself as a anti-deep state kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how when he was working with President Trump, they tried to you know, go against the deep state, but the deep state was just too deep and they, they, you know, they right. couldn't get anywhere. I, I but do, I don't believe him. Okay. I don't think – I think he's way savvier than Donald Trump was. Um, and if anyone – you know, he was he, – he's a deep state guy. Yeah. Like he would have known kind of right. how to deal with it. So – I don't totally believe him on that. This is what he had to say about Nord Stream Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this? No. Right. He should have access to that. Right. I'm glad he's going to go go suss it out, figure out what happened there. I'll say this. Uh, Joe Biden wouldn't shoot down a balloon over Montana. The chance he would blow up a pipeline that belonged to the Germans seems low to me. Okay. <laughs> it, just, All right. it, it, seems out of, it seems out of character. Good. Okay. Uh, in, but, but goodness, we should figure it out. Look, I think it's I think it's more likely than not that the Russians actually did this. I've read the piece. There are a couple comments uh, from Victoria Newland, who works State Department, yeah, uh, who worked at the State Department, and from the president himself. They're kind of odd statements, so we should go figure it out. But my my sense is, if I was, if you maybe take my own money, I think this was a Russian operation aimed at. Uh, denying energy to what they thought would be a cold winter in Europe that just hasn't panned out. And the spy. Hmm. Explain that. <laughs> okay. So, for, okay. okay. For, first off, uh, he, what, do they, what do they call it? Not a foul, false analogy. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. When he's talking about like Joe Biden's not going to. No, yeah, we're not yeah. suggesting that he would. Right. Like, these things are done without the knowledge of the president or no. Congress so they can have legal culpability. Joe Biden is not allowed to do anything. Yes. Everything he says, it's either deemed true or false by the White House. Right. Quotes. Right? Who the fuck the White House is, we don't know. Yeah. He can't say anything. So, yeah, it's not about Joe Biden. Right. Explain to me how Russia would... So apparently what they want to do is cut off gas to Germany during a cold winter. Mm-hmm. That's what Pompeo's saying right there. So in order to do that, they don't just turn the valve off and stop <laughs> sending the gas. They blow up their own pipeline to do for what gain? Yeah. 
to do what to to incite some is that that's their false flag event right. to do what it doesn't make any sense that's somehow going to win people over to their way of thinking yeah. because you can blame it on us mm-hmm. that didn't happen no one thinks that that and even if he wanted to do that the whole world's media is controlled by the west they're never going to play along with that yeah and you're going to blow up your main source of income the way that you uh you know gas is their whole industry the yeah. way that you finance everything you do you're going to destroy the main source of that on your own simply to try to create this false flag event and cut off gas to germany what you're not even at war with germany yeah that doesn't make any sense the, it's ridiculous the i had a discussion with a family member about this and it's a bit of a gotcha technique but when you hear someone that has a terrible idea is you can reframe it to them. It's like, just make them, make them say it out loud, make them walk them through what their idea is and like make it come out of their mouth. Right. right? And this was about the Nord Stream pipeline, but I use this technique every day on everyone. (laughs) 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 That's that's how you get good at it. As I'm like, okay, so let's just, so the the window you're framing is uh, 36 inches wide, right? Right. So you decided to make the opening exactly 36 inches. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, were you going to waterproof that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, did you uh, provide any room for the waterproofing? No, 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 no. Yeah, so and that was going to work how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, just you know, put well, your... Well, put the your, window's 36, so... Put your tools in your truck. It's, <laughs> it's time for you to go. Yeah, I said... So you think that Russia blew up their pipeline? Yeah. Okay, that's their pipeline. Right. Yes. Okay, and would you call that pipeline, like, significant financial leverage on the part of Russia of getting gas to Germany? Yeah. So has the U.S. tried to de-escalate or escalate a conflict with Russia, in your opinion? Uh... They waffled on this. But I was like, I, I think we can say they were escalating, right? If we're sending over arms and you know military support, right? We're essentially in a proxy war, which is an aggression. Okay, I'll give you that one. So, who would benefit the most if that pipeline was destroyed? It's like, well, the U.S., but that's how they want, want it to look like. I was like, okay. So, what you're saying? is that the biggest piece of financial leverage that Russia has over a mainland Europe and what the U.S. is one of the few countries that has a capability, I think it's like U.S., Norway, and like two other countries have the capability to go down there and covertly, covertly blow up this pipeline. And we also stand to benefit from it the most, right? And we also are, have been in the process of escalating a conflict with said country, that still makes sense to you? Like, well, when you say it like that, I, like, <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Those, I just gave you the facts that, 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 that you are telling me. And I'm still just asking you, like, you still think, you know, your idea is sound? It's pretty good, Socrates. <laughs> so, so great, please. <laughs> Party on. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, all you have There's to do... The same thing with the, the missile in Russia. It's just like, okay, let's just walk through a couple facts here. You know, Poland is a part of NATO and EU, 
right? And just you just walk it down. You're like, okay, so you still think <laughs> that, that Putin bombed a farm in Poland in order to instigate the a war against a almost the NATO into war. Rest of the world. And he didn't even hit a target that might he help him in that war. Yeah, he maybe. decided to blow up a I'll just fucking give you this. barn. Let's say he hated this farmer, knew him from high school, whatever. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a couple freebies. Uh, that would work, actually. That actually, fine. If you can make a connection there, then maybe you got something. But there's not even that. <laughs> and you just couple it with, like, all the shit that we've said. The swift measures. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades... Uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. He just said it. <laughs> how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will... Uh, I promise you we'll be able to do it. But we but they didn't. But they didn't. But they didn't. No. Yeah. He said he would and they will be able to but no. See. Yeah. See Putin who just sees so many steps ahead. Saw, saw that video goes yes. now is the time to blow up my own pipeline. Now's like, the time to just, take it out on that yes. fucking farmer <laughs> in Poland. <laughs> oh do you realize do you ever think about just how much easier your life would be if you just never thought about this stuff you're just like well that's what cnn said totally as we always I say know. i'm begrudgingly envious yeah it would be nice to be able to just take that blue pill again but once you take the red pill you can't take the blue pill you're stuck wait didn't didn't we say that we would end it no no just, just shut just look there's a moment you guys see that balloon in the sky you look <laughs> at the balloon in the sky look at the balloon Uh, you know, it's, uh, I got one other thing to, we, we kind of got off track with, uh, with the FBI and the government kind of being dicks to the rest of us. But, uh, did you hear that clip of, uh, Kevin McCarthy saying that the, talking about the Capitol police, uh-uh. um, it's January 6th. Yeah. So here's a guy, Kevin McCarthy. If, if you guys also are interested in January 6th, there's a, a website called Huffington Post that has <laughs> dedicated a full staff of journalists. Uh, it's either that or Trump's tax returns. So um, it's a good way to stay up on the uh, current non-events <laughs> that happen daily, that don't happen daily. Good old Huffington Post. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, here's a guy, Kevin McCarthy, who's supposed to be a... Well, he's a Republican, which mm-hmm. doesn't say much for him, but supposed to be on our side. And this is what he had to say about the one person, the only person who was killed on January 6th, mm-hmm. Ashley Babbitt. Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Right. Who was shot by the Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. Shot in the neck. One of the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the oversight dais was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered, or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Yeah, what can you say, man? The state loves killing people. 
They do. <laughs> they do. They have no problem with it. It's no wonder why someone like Randy Weaver with ha- get this crazy idea in his head that yeah. the government was evil. Right. I mean, even if she was trespassing, even if she was not where she was supposed to be, she was trespassing on what they love to refer to as the people's house. Mm-hmm. Nobody was actually in danger. In there. And she was not armed. Yep. I just don't see how she deserved to die. No, she didn't. She and for Kevin McCarthy to say that is just, I mean, that just, I to me, that tells you all you need to know about the guy. Yeah. And he's being used right now. They they think he he's is, a useful tool. He but we'll is see. a perfect uh, example. I mean, speaking of bread and circuses, actually, I mean, he's a perfect example. Just like all, pretty much every single politician is like people that consider themselves on the right go like, yes, we got a guy. We took the house. We got a guy. It's like what? What's gonna? What's he gonna do? Mm-hmm. Really? What's he gonna do? Totally. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna go in there and kind of clean things up. Bernie Sanders gonna fucking Elizabeth Warren gonna just like turn things around. None of these people are gonna do shit. They're all nope. criminals. They're all there to get rich and to gain power. None of them are gonna do anything. None of them care about you. They don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. They'll you know, they'll they'll switch that letter in a second if that means they can get elected in their district. Quit putting your hopes in these people that they're gonna make some kind of positive change in your life. They're not gonna do shit. They're part no. of an organization that is evil to its core and does nothing except grow and take your shit. And if you're getting off on them grilling the Twitter executives right now and hearing <laughs> that they're having red circuses, like, guess what? Twitter is not the problem. No, it is the FBI that is the problem in this case. Yeah, you know, I will, I'll take, I'll eat my words if they bring the FBI up. Yeah, in in this trial and actually do something about it, but I'm afraid it's not happening. No, we're not going to see them grilling uh, and prosecuting and sending to jail. The people that violated our Constitution, right. that violated the First Amendment. The FBI is not going to pay. No one's going to be held accountable. I'm sorry. It's just, an, I mean, I had my hopes at first, but you're, you're seeing it right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a limited hangout. If you've watched the, it is a limited hangout, exactly. And if you've watched the, these hearings so far, the level of- It's, it's a dog and pony show. It's, it's drama that yeah. they're bringing to it is just like disgusting. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I don't. I just it's don't it's just it. <laughs> awful. The way that they talk is like they're they know they're on camera. They're just getting these sound bites in. It's it's just it's just horrible. Stuff like that is for two reasons. It's as we just said, it's such it's so obviously just like pretty much anything that with these any events like this. It it's so obviously a a limited hangout that's meant to serve as a distraction. It's like it's it's one percent of like what they're actually doing. And number two, that the the way that our Congress members um treat these opportunities, which is what they are, it's for them to get some FaceTime, get a gotcha moment, get a viral thing going. It's it's uh it's it's complete it's just, it's like watching the Grammys. It's like yeah. you know, if that if that floats your boat, man, if you want to turn your brain off from other stuff that's actually going on, uh, God bless you. Have fun with it. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to turn the ship around, keep doing what you're doing and raise your kids to be elite individuals. Free thinkers. Because we're not there yet. This isn't happening now. We're not going to see a change in our society right now. We need the actual uh, – we need actual leaders to be – 
running running the show. Yeah. Uh, not these scummy politicians who we have right now. We need everyone that's in Congress to be a Ron Paul, someone that's there to um, fight for the principles of liberty, not there to be a politician, which most of them are. So if you are actively trying to make a change in the world around you, then God bless you. Do it through your children because they're the ones that are eventually going to be the ones that, that in power that that change things. It's not happening now. What you're seeing right now is just a it's entertainment. It's drama. Yeah. And uh, you know, please keep fighting the good fight. Go to LibertyTreeLifestyle.com. Buy yourself a T-shirt. <laughs> Amen. From the new and recent You don't believe it You can read it Page one in your list Little I All see us Funk Feel it born Baby Top of echelon The MC And I think On that topic We all in agreement I'm never running From a challenge Never been cheapest In the rap All the fame We got to get me in You got to see me Do my thing Son I'm too fiendish Flinging tune after tune Till the wound deepen I have a room of human beings Feeling woozy Like a fiend leaning Moving to the music In a fever Screaming Baby Calling out to all Every aggressive We gon' make this shit happen right here